Hi, and welcome to Security Explained. I'm Chris Grayson. I'm Drew Porter. And I'm Logan Lamb. We're coming to you every two weeks with tips and tricks on how to protect yourself and your loved ones out there on the internet and in real life. All right. It is Tuesday, June 7th, and this is our 10th episode of our fourth season, which is pretty wild. Hey, we did it. (laughs) Did it, guys. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. And we were fortunate uh, that the world conspired to give us an obvious topic to talk about today. Two obvious topics to talk about today. Um, Actually, three. What am I talking about? Two exploits and then our own shenanigans slash exploits at a conference in Vegas in the coming months. But there are two pretty interesting vulnerabilities making the rounds right now. One in Microsoft Windows and the other in a very popular piece of software uh, called Confluence that is like all over the place. Um, all right, so yeah, well, Drew, why don't you why don't you tell us about the the miraculous Felonia? But also now I, I don't even remember what it's really called at this point. Let me look it back up. Felina, <laughs> there we go. It's 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 pronounced Felina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, this is a um, new zero day that came out. There was a attack chain that was used for such a long time by attackers, which targeted um, macros within um, MS Word or Excel. And it was my like bread and butter social engineering oh, attack man. chain. Mm. And <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was Mwah. it was so unbelievably good. Uh, yep. And well, it got patched, right? So I was like, "Oh damn! Like, what what are we gonna do now?" But the hacker gods were kind, and the researchers decided to drop this. And uh, what it is is it's an even better <laughs> attack than the macros attack. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. It's not necessarily fully zero click, um, though a lot of people will say it is zero click. I would call it, you know, at least a one click or a, <laughs> a 0.5 click, like yeah. half a click. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what this does is this allows for remote code execution um, by either by sending a, um, you know, a, a, a uh, a, a edited or or a, a malicious, essentially a link um, to the individual. And all they have to do is preview it. Um, so hover over it uh, and it will exploit their particular system. So long gone are the days where you had to have the target um, go and open up the document and then have that some like weird... Yeah, well, not not just that, but you, how I would always have them enable macros. Like you have to have them enable it, but you have it with like a splash screen, right? That says like yeah. this document uses enhanced security. Enable macros to view, <laughs> yeah. right? Oh. And every single time, every single it time, works that like would a get charm. Yep. Oh my gosh, yep. it it was unbelievable because you would say a document contains like financial data, right? Yep. Yep. And people will be like, oh, yeah, well, of course it has enhanced security. I'm going to enable these. Like, yep. I never had someone not enable them. That's um, so dirty. 
I had, I mean, we, we were dirty people back in the day. Still yeah. are too, but back then as well. Yeah. The, I mean, it, yeah, it was my favorite, like to tell a five second story. I was on the phone with someone and they're like, enable advanced security, like to enable macros. And I was just like, yeah, you just have to click, you know, accept or yes or whatever it was. And they're like, yeah, I feel like I'm going to get hacked after this. I was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> click, click the link, damn it. No. <laughs> um, but no, it was great, right? Um, but now, now we don't have to do that. Now, like once that crazy set of um, vulnerabilities or, or that, that attack chain had been patched, like a new one came to replace it. And that's what we're talking about here. Um, so there is a proof of concept already out there. There's some weaponized stuff already out there. It's not like this is someone that released it and then there was no proof of concept or anything like that. This is fairly plug and play now for yeah. attackers. So, um, you can check it out again, Microsoft office, MSDT proof of concept. Uh, it, it, it is, Polonia. <laughs> I'm never going to get this right now. <laughs> no, nor am I. <laughs> I didn't mean to mess you all up for life. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a, it, it is, um, again, you don't even have to, to, to click on it. You just have to preview it yep. for it to exploit the target. And, th- and this is what makes it so much more powerful, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, than anything else. So I, I've played around with it already. Um, and yeah, it's, and yeah, it's I, I want to just, I just want to do use. pen testing again, man. L- reading this stuff, even like this is the first time that I've read packet storm security in a minute. I just got like, here's the POC and here's how it works. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a Chris happy noise for those who couldn't see. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's, um, I mean, yeah, it bring, brings me back because drew the, the sorts of, um, macro based social engineering attacks that you're talking about you know we used to work together and i think we have probably used some of those exploits together and that has been you know there's a reason why uh people say like you know don't download files from people that you don't know and like don't open random word docs and certainly don't enable macros in office products for random word docs because by the way it's a very effective way to compromise people um, and yeah, the, you know, I, I think I'm actually thinking back to the same kind of like spreadsheet that you're talking about, where once you enable the macros, it would actually fill the spreadsheet out with like data <laughs> and be like, well, here's all the actual numbers. It, it would just bring it to the next workbook, actually. Ah. So like, that's what you do. You like, it would hide the first workbook, which was ah. the enable macros one. And then it ah. would just open up a new one and show that like, oh yep. yeah, hell, look, there's data. So they would yep. think that like, oh, yeah, hey, that worked, right? You like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You can't just have enable macros and it do nothing. Then people get yep. suspicious, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm looking at the, the POC or, you know, the proof of concept for how you actually get this exploit. And I, I'll, I'll talk through the steps real quick. And, and, and first is that you create a uh, Word doc. And apparently it can be either like a docx or an RTF file. And you insert uh, an OLE object, which I forget what OLE stands for, but in this case, it's talking about a, a bitmap image. Basically, you're just inserting a reference uh, 
uh, to a file into the document. You then open up the document.xml.rels uh, file, which is like just one part of the docx file format uh, that contains the references to external objects. And you just update the schema of that and you add... So, so you'll find basically a reference to uh, the, the file that you had added and you just basically add some additional definitions to that file <clears throat> or to that, to that XML tag and give it a remote target at a target mode. So you basically update this XML file and do like target equals URL and then target mode equals external. Um, and then you... You update this ID in the same file and you move it from embed to link. And then basically if anybody previews or opens that file, <laughs> Microsoft or the Windows will fetch the content of the URL that you specified and then evaluate it as a Microsoft diagnostic tool script. Man, that's a that's a hell of a feature, right? There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what so, that immediately makes me think of? It huh. sounds a lot like log4j, where it's like, let me just go yeah. out and touch yeah. something and run yeah, it. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And OLE stands for object linking and embedding. It's a I Microsoft see. technology. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So so in, in summary, kind of like to say it at a bit more high level, you take a Word file, you insert an image into that Word file, and that will update like basically the uh, the structure of the Word file or the like the XML document that that is used to that specifies the structure of the word file to have an embedded object. And so that just like creates the XML. And then you update that XML to change it from an embedded object to a remote object. And instead of an embed type to a link type, and now your document <clears throat> has a remote reference to a Microsoft diagnostic tool object that it will just pull down and evaluate. Yeah, it seems kind of bad. I mean, that's not great, especially if it's... Certainly I would great. I would imagine that um, I have not used... I have not used... Oh, oh, this apparently works in Microsoft Office 365. Really? Yeah, I think I read that. How does that work? Uh, poorly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, that, that's work out. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's... If I had to think about like how it's actually working, right? It's like, it's not going to... The, the, the preview is probably not in the browser itself. I don't know, or maybe Microsoft Office 365 is now also like a thick client that exists on your on your machine. Um, but uh, generally speaking, hmm. I but see. It, it, like you download like Word and stuff like that, right? Yeah, right, right. So maybe that's maybe that's what it was talking about. Um, but you know, Microsoft does have a history of having these Microsoft specific uh, URL schemes like MS MSDT or SMB which I guess isn't technically Microsoft specific anymore, um, where when those are loaded, bad things happen. Like the whole, the whole SMB. So, so SMB, I think is the server message bus. But when you, when you click on an SMB link in windows and maybe it's changed with windows 10 and 11, uh, your computer will automatically try fetching that SMB file. And so it can be like SMB colon slash slash, and then, you know, some IP address and, and like slash some file. Like if you try opening that link, it's at your computer is actually going to authenticate to that IP address uh, using uh, the SMB protocol. And you're potentially going to hand off an auth token. 
so you know this it's not it's not uh it's not the first time that a microsoft specific kind of like url scheme would execute in a very sensitive context even if it originates from like a browser or something like that mm -hmm. um and it's not the first time preview has been used to exploit a microsoft product right like really we used to uh, have, what, what's another one <clears throat> uh it, it reminds me of the time where uh uh where you would modify this is like I think it was like 2011, 2010, when this became popular. Uh, you can modify the uh, the icon image in uh, um, for some type of payload, and as long as they like scrolled over that icon image, it would execute the payload. Um, in <laughs> That's <Microsoft>. sick. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So <laughs> I forget. I forget the name of that. Oh, I'll, we'll try to look it up and put it in the description if we can, but. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I also remember using that for, yeah. you know, back, back in the day when that was still relevant. As somebody that doesn't have to deal with either of the two technologies that we're currently talking about, I'm able to say this stuff is so fun, <laughs> but I, if I was in a window <laughs> shop right now, I'd be singing a different tune. For different real. I was tune. so happy to not be working security this weekend. <laughs> <sighs> Um, did <laughs> yeah. you guys thanks Logan did you all also <laughs> did you all also see that there's a bunch of nation state actors who are actively exploiting yeah using Felina yeah to be to be expected but to yeah. be expected yeah I always wonder um, I'd like to know more about the provenance of this exploit like where it originated from I haven't found anything about that it is it is one of those things that is just like not this is not a complicated exploit. This is a thing where it's like how 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 has that been around for for this long? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and how long has it been around? Oh, also worth noting, this apparently affects all currently supported versions of Windows. Um so it's not as if it's just like old Windows or whatever. It's up to date, current patched. Um and uh, like going all the way back, if it is supported, it is vulnerable because um, it is it is abusing. So, this, so the MSDT protocol is the Microsoft Secure Diagnostic Tool. Is is S secure? Because it that it's uh, maybe they should drop the S. Uh, MSDT supports. I think there Microsoft. we go. Support yeah, diagnostic yeah, yeah. tool. There we go. Mm. Uh, Microsoft support diagnostic tool. Um, so uh, it makes sense that if you're one of these supported version of Windows that you're probably vulnerable to this because, hey, what do you probably need to be able to support all these versions? The Microsoft support diagnostic tool. Um, and apparently Microsoft has not, has not actually like come out with like an actual patch. Like they were kind of downplaying it is what I was reading. So I don't I, have I've been full... trying to track that down too. I don't think they've released an official fix but there are workarounds that the community has come up with yeah yeah because i'm seeing here like there's a unofficial free patch um which i don't know let's see let's see if it says what it is <clears throat> if you want an unofficial free patch i have one you can download <laughs> just make sure you enable macros <laughs> when you open the spreadsheet <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm reading this patch, and it doesn't sound. It's not. It doesn't sound particularly good. It it, it is. Uh, instead of disabling the MSDT URL protocol handler as advised by Microsoft, so apparently Microsoft's guidance is just disable just MSDT period, which I think that's that's reasonable know, as a stopgap. Reasonable as a stopgap. Also, if it's your own machine, you're probably not going to make too much use of that. If you're working at some company where like you might have remote support or something like that, it'll probably be more of a pain. I'm not. It's not entirely clear to me everything that this uh, that this protocol actually does. So I don't think it's it, clear it, to Microsoft what all the protocol does. <laughs> well, it does everything. <laughs> it literally do anything. Um, it is a Turing complete protocol. The, uh, there's like a there's users there, there's sanit some sanitization you can do of the user provided path um well that's how you end up with multiple versions of the exploit like <laughs> yeah um, exactly like shell shock yeah yeah that that is my immediate knee-jerk response to this i would say that like look if you're really concerned about it you should just disable msdt url protocol handler period and it'll probably break a few things as far as like support tooling goes um or there's maybe this sanitization patch who knows but it, but it does not appear that windows has released an official fix and this free patch i'm looking at this article came out a week ago uh so mm. if it's not like affects all supported windows systems um you have a free patch out almost a week ago now and is like close to zero click but not quite zero click uh, like maybe mouse click. over <laughs> mouse over e half a click uh i don't know that that i'm glad not to be working in windows these days most days every day but especially today <laughs> and the last six days <laughs> <laughs> oh man but to be a fly on that wall for the poor guys working on the fix because oh. you, you got to think that um Okay, so that we're we're getting into pure hyperbole here, or pure speculation, that if um, if it's a flaw, and the support diagnostic tool, ah, like how much stuff is built using this flaw, how much stuff actually relies on this functionality to go fetch some remote thing from some remote server, uh, and then use it for, I this just feels like it's probably pretty hard to patch. Um, it could be a core primitive that they're building the diagnostic tooling on. Like like that makes sense, right? For diagnostic tooling to be like, oh, your computer is hosed. Here, fetch this and execute it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, maybe that's why Microsoft was trying to downplay it, right? They're just like, oh, it's not a big deal. And it's just like, oh, it's everything. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 We'll have yeah, to keep was... an eye on it and see when <clears throat> fix, an official fix comes. Okay. So that's Felonia. Now we have Confluence. Now, Logan, you tell us you tell us about the non Felonia uh vulnerability. <laughs> oh Lord. Um so I don't yet know all the technical details of this confluence exploit. All I know is I had a couple hacker buddies text me over the weekend asking, have you seen this Confluence exploit yet? And it's like, oh, no. And you this know when you get that text in those like signal groups that it's like, have you seen this? You're like, I haven't yet, <laughs> but, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. 
And hearkening back to my other comment, I get that text. It's like, I'm so glad I'm not security at my, in my current role. Yeah. <laughs> um, apparently, this Confluence exploit, the long and the short of it is, it's a no-off um, full remote code execution exploit. It, yep. it sounds like it could be as bad as the solar winds hack like that's my initial take really i feel like solar winds though okay why 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 as bad as solar winds because there's some there's some specific things about the solar winds hack that i thought were particularly egregious and this is like okay no auth full remote code execution on confluence which is like super common especially in like larger orgs right so it's like that there's that overlap but why would you why would you equate this to like the solar winds hack it's just no auth full rce that's super scary and i don't know yeah. how long this has been in the wild um, yeah need to do some research on that yeah i i thought that solar winds was also a like it can take over um desktops and stuff because SolarWinds had like the software that was running on all the desktops like whereas this is centralized servers like cool you can pop the server my mm-hmm. understanding of solar winds was like with solar winds you could get the whole org like that uh, okay. that could that could be wrong i might i might be misremembering but it's early and i'm probably not remembering the severity of solar winds correctly <laughs> <laughs> i'm probably not sufficiently caffeinated um yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. This is uh, so for for the uninitiated. Confluence is effectively kind of this like knowledge base platform um, where like if you need to have an internal wiki, Confluence is one of the if not the major player in the space. So Confluence is huge, and it comes from this company called Atlassian. And the Atlassian kind of software suite is all made to work really well together. So if you've heard of stuff like Jira or HipChat or Bitbucket, um, I know there's some other Atlassian software. Uh, Trello. But Trello is Atlassian now? Seriously. They, they yeah, already have I'm Jira. Pretty, what are they doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Let me see. I, think, I, think that, I think that that sounds right. I mean, you know, eat the competition. But um, Wow. Yeah, Lassian is a, a really big kind of like software giant. Their products are, in many cases, really good. Uh, but they are their software is used all over the place. And Confluence, I'd say, is like one of the main, um, one of the main, if not the main, knowledge base software platforms. So you would expect lots of big enterprises to have this. You would also typically expect for this to not only be on an internal corporate network, but to also be publicly facing. Because, you know, what do you use a knowledge base for? Well, you have contractors that need to gain access. You have new employees that need to onboard. You have all sorts of stuff that you probably need to expose um, outside of the outside of the network. Or maybe you're just doing beyond corp or something like that where you uh, don't have an internal corporate. You don't require a VPN to access the knowledge base. You just require like layer seven um, authentication authorization. So you would expect big orgs to have this. You would also expect it to be internet facing. Um, And you would expect it to have likely sensitive information Mm because this is going to have like all of the docs, all of the docs for how your company operates, whatever process somebody needs to do. Um, You know, in, in the orgs that I have worked for, 
that have used Confluence. It really is a like it has different access controls. You could say like, don't allow people that aren't on this team to access this area of the wiki, right? So you have the ability to lock stuff down in such a way where you feel comfortable putting highly sensitive information on it. Um, and that's just the content of Confluence itself. That's to say nothing of the infrastructure where it's running. So if this, you know, if this is in a Windows shop and you're running on like, Windows Server, then hey, this can then turn into a further compromise of other um, other assets within that network. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really the scariest part where an attacker can get full RCE and establish a foothold so they can pivot deeper into internal networks. Because there are still so many shops that like work with that assumption and don't do layer seven off Z. Yeah. And there's there's also the fact that when you're when you're uh, purchasing Confluence, I think you, you have a handful of different options. One of them is like self-hosted, so you put it on your machine um, that that you own, and another is like they host it for you. And I have to imagine that their hosting was also vulnerable to this, uh, so you can kind of like target them, get on one, or potentially get all the stuff that is cloud-hosted. Uh, from from Confluence. I, again, this is this is speculation. I don't have I don't have any evidence, but I do, I see no reason why this exploit would only work against um, self hosted. Mm-hmm. It's the same software for the most part. It is it is like in all the um, other documents or or like you know CVE records or you know stuff from miter and stuff like that it does say like this does affect every self-hosted version right so i haven't tried this against a remote version um so i can't tell you if it would work uh but yeah this is definitely the hot chat just because of (laughs) the cvss score of 10 10 i just saw that yo that's that's a rarity that's a rarity very notable what 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 that means is literally there's nothing that the like victim has to do um to for this to be exploited that means the attacker all the attacker has to do is run the successful exploit um yeah. against the system and they're going to get in like 10 out of 10 times. That's not what that 10 means. <laughs> the, uh, the, the CVSS score <laughs> is out of 10 times. How many times are you going to get in? And this is a 10. <laughs> <laughs> I do but, like that score. But yeah, no, it's uh, not. But yeah, no, uh, 10s are rarities. And that's what makes yeah. this so, um, so, so notable in, in the community is because it's like, oh, snap. Okay. As long as they have some type of like, you know, uh, for sure, a self-hosted instance, uh, it will get popped or it can get popped without any intervention. Now, there there are like some stopgap measures to, to prevent this, right? If you have some type of active um, web filtering service or some type of WAF or some type of firewall service, um, you can block certain, you know, character sets, Uh so that your 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 server doesn't get popped instantly, but it it is oh, a, it's gonna be bypassed, bypassable. Um, yeah, yeah. I was I was about to say that that is uh, it is a stopgap um, mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Like that's all that is. 
there is going to be someone that finds a way around that. Yep. So don't <laughs> count God, as, that, as the end all be all. That was always so much fun too. It's just like, oh, they put like some restrictions in here. How can I get around them? Whoop, <laughs> over here. Got it. Hey, okay, so I want to correct one thing. So it says all supported versions of Confluence server and data center are affected. And if I Google those two products, they both appear to be self-managed. Um, okay. So it might be that this does not affect. I, I yeah, I guess that, that yeah, that, that's pre- premature of me to have said that it would affect the the ones where you're actually paying Confluence to host themselves. That's still that's still surprising to me because I'm like, why would why would there be stronger security guarantees? in the same software depending on who's hosting it maybe they have different like additional infrastructure wafts whatever within their self within their hosted environment but um the poc that i'm looking at here all supported versions of confluence server and data center are affected confluence server and data center versions 1.3.0 and after 1.3.0 and below 7.18.1 are affected so six major versions (laughs) like literally everything (laughs) Which is just like, how, how is this sort of stuff? It's just out there for so long. Say six major, major versions, that's years and years, guaranteed. That, yeah. that IT team who's been delaying upgrading from 1.2.9 uh, <laughs> to 1.3.0, which is got them. They just went into a meeting like Boom. this Monday and they're just like, we're not affected. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of our rigorous IT program where we just yep. haven't updated in seven years. Um, but, I mean, that that range is so crazy, though. There's going to be vulnerable confluence pages out there forever. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, That's I'm the best part. For, I'm looking for the release notes. I want to see when 1.3.0 was released. 1.3.0. Five was released in March 2005. Wow. All right. So 17 <laughs> years. Wow. That, that's Sick. not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of vulnerabilities that have been coming out, like a lot of really notable ones, have been the ones that affect systems for like the last, you know, affect versions for like the last 10 years or the last 20 years. Right. Yeah. Like there's, there's some Linux stuff. What, what was it? It was like bash something that, um, shell shock. Um, yeah, it might've been shell shock. Um, but it like would affect it. It it was something that affected, um, everything, you know, like 20, 20 years back. And it was like, if, if your code base hadn't been updated for 20 years, or if you're, or if you've been updating up until this point, and you're like one version behind, um, it has been vulnerable for all this time. And it makes me think, like, okay, what what nation states have been using these for a while? And, yeah, yeah, because um, there definitely has been cases where you know a vulnerability comes out, and then teams do some forensic analysis to see, uh, you know. Have they been compromised by it? Um, and then it was just like this vulnerability was made public, you know, May of 2022. And then someone sees like in their logs an instance of it in 2021, right? Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what do that's we do now. <laughs> that's what I was thinking of with Log4j, like is that this was the that vulnerability in Log4j had been there forever. Um, 
And then it was it was also reported by like a Chinese research firm, and that guy got in trouble for reporting it. <laughs> so it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, why why are you spilling our secrets? Yeah, I have like, look if if my if my job was to identify, basically do like exploit research and, and find stuff like this, I think I would start from a position of, well, let's catalog, like who who are the who are our likely targets. And then what is the most, what, what software are they most likely to use? And there's my targeted list of like, here's where I'm going to start researching. And like I, Confluence is probably in that category, depending on what you're trying to get access to. Like it, it makes sense to go after something like Confluence because it is so prevalent and it is prevalent in big orgs. Um, mm-hmm. So if your target is like Western companies, Confluence is a big one. Um, yeah. And the, the, the POC as well is... Um, man, it's just, it's just like a simple get request. No, no, it's a head request. You could get you could exploit this with a head request. Can That's you? amazing. <laughs> I, I also just like on a side note, um, they they have a video of like the proof of concept of this. Um, I love it when exploits have videos of like the proof of concept yeah. working. Yeah, just just because instead of having to set up an environment and showing it and then having to prove it to like upper management, mm. like, yeah, this is a problem. You mm. can now just like link to a video on YouTube. Be like, mm. like some person on YouTube is already showing how to exploit this. And then it, upper it management's is, like, oh, we should fix this. It's even better for upper management when you also see the hacker in his hoodie yep. doing a normal hacker man thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Those damn previous hackers. But, this video unfortunately does not have the hacker in, in their hoodie, so uh, you're, you, it, it might be ineffective. What a waste! <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just start wearing a hoodie and like green screen myself on these all the things. Do it, do it, do it like, do it like, a, like a Twitch video with you just like in the bottom right hand corner. Yep. <laughs> with like green screen. I have That's some hard right. style going in the background. Have Drew break out his parachute pants. Oh, man. Um, I don't even know if I still fit in them. <laughs> <laughs> They're parachutes, Drew. It's fine. <laughs> um, one, one other thing that I wanted to touch on because we, we referenced it, the CVSS score is a 10. Um, CVSS stands for, and I think I'm going to get this right, the Common Vulnerability Scoring System. And it is highly imperfect. Like I'm not, it is deeply flawed, deeply flawed. uh, Because it's basically, you have a vulnerability and then there's a set of kind of like questions you ask. And based on your answers to those questions, it spits out a number and that number is your CVSS score. And uh, the, the scoring process is deeply flawed. That said, CVSS is very, very helpful um, because despite the fact that it is deeply flawed and despite the fact that like it, it, the questions don't really make sense in terms of being able to fully understand the potential impact of a vulnerability, it is very helpful to say like, okay, we at least have some notion of how to rank things. Uh, and there's various like I was filling out a security questionnaire the other day that's talking about like, what is your um, vulnerability management process for vulnerabilities with a CVSS score like this and higher? Um, so it's something to the effect of like, hey, when something is above this threshold, it's something that deserves additional attention. And so that's that's very helpful. Um, 
just from kind of like a broader risk management lens of how you're going to prioritize work when it comes to patching vulnerabilities. But a score of 10, I did, did we get a, we didn't get a single score of 10 with any of the CVs that we got for cable tap. No, I think we got some nines, maybe. I don't know. No, I don't remember. We didn't, I have to we didn't get any tens. No, 10 is, 10 is high. 10 is high, high, high. You can't go any higher than that. I can't actually, I'm not thinking of, you know, let's see. Uh, I willing to, let's see if um, Shell Shock was a ten. <clears throat> wow, Shell Shock was only in twenty fourteen. I like how we can talk about yeah. vulnerabilities as if they're fine aged wines now. <laughs> yeah, what a what a vintage that Shell Shock. Okay, Shell Shock. Shell Shock was a ten. Um, Log four J C V S S. Uh, log4j is also a 10 okay so maybe this is more common than i thought but also i just looked up the two yeah, most but, impactful but vulnerabilities are... i could think of <laughs> yeah uh, i think it might just be we're getting more tins in the last couple years or i guess <laughs> yeah. in that case the, the last about decade yeah. I, I would definitely say we have right mm -hmm. but yeah the mm -hmm. the you know Talking about exploits as being fine wine. I mean, MS 08067, right? Ugh. That's like. Ugh, classic. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that was a 10. Wonder, I'm looking it up I, right now. I'm looking I'm it up sure right it now. Base score NA. Um, so I don't remember that one. Please fill me in. Oh, it's oh, the uh, baby. Oh, it's, it's the it's OG the SMB. Code. Yeah, yeah, it was remote code execution against like uh, XP. Um, oh, and, okay. Yeah, yeah. It has it has it has a CVSS base score of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what what is yeah. this? Overall CVSS score is eight point seven. So it's got CVSS V two is base score of ten. VPR is nine point five. CVSS V three is nine point eight. I don't know. See, this is this stuff is all. This stuff is all. I would yeah. imagine that would be a ten. Yeah, I would too. So MS oh eight oh six seven. Uh, one of, brought it up before. SMB uh, server message bus block block server message block server message block. Thank you, Drew. Uh, no problem. Is the main protocol that underlies authentication and like data transfer on Windows by default, and uh, there was a zero auth remote code execution exploit against it so basically if you were on an internal corporate network usually usually you wouldn't have this this service exposed to the internet in some cases you might uh but and, and in, in the case you, you really for your whole enterprise you'd only need it in one place because it would be full remote compromise immediately um but yeah it was just a point and click exploit to do remote code execution against uh server message block service and I have never actually seen it work. I have never actually what? seen it work. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Because it was, because that, I mean, this, I, I can't remember any time that I saw it work. And I can remember some times where it tripped a um, honeypot alert mm. because it's such an obvious thing to try. But this yep. is, it's like when, it, we, we've said it before, when an exploit is packaged up in Metasploits, which is the like, it's a fantastic piece of software, but it's also the tool that all the script kitties uh, try try to 
learn and use. As soon as it's packaged up into Metasploit, you're guaranteed to have additional testing of your network because now people that have no idea how it works can just like press a button and try using it. Um, and so, you know, MSO8067, anytime I was on a gig, I would be like, okay, let's give it a whirl. <laughs> Didn't work anywhere. And it's like, oh, well, it worked on this one. I'd be like, oh, that, that thing has like Windows and Linux and like all these other services that shouldn't be on a box together. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a honeypot. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the last time I ran a successful MS, uh, MS 08067, it was, uh, I think, 2018. <laughs> ah, vintage 2018, great year. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, this this exploit's ten years old at this time. Why why are you still yeah. running this unpatched Windows XP box? <laughs> how how is it? <laughs> you just hop like on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also it's just like once you hop on there, it's probably the most infected <laughs> machine you've ever been on. Because <laughs> there's oh, no way that ran- it's not. We ran Mimi Cats on it, and it was hilarious because it was like the last login was from like an administrator. So we're like, "All right, we're just gonna pull your creds." <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, I do, man. I miss. Uh, I miss doing this stuff full time. Yeah, it's, it, 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 you miss it because you don't have the headaches of it. Right. Well, like, no, 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 no. The headaches come from the people that run consultancies, not the people that get to do uh, the hacking. <laughs> you know, you know, we try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But talking about uh, uh, things and, and hacking and things about hacking, we have a conference that's coming up here in a, in, in a month or two. Right. But we have yeah. DEF CON coming yep. up. Yep. Man, I can't wait. When was the last time y'all were there? It's been 2019. Like, yeah, it's 2019. The pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, I'm I'm super looking forward to it. Super looking forward to seeing everybody. It's been such a weird few years, um, and we've talked about it before. But for anybody that's listening that has never been to a security conference before, like DefCon is kind of at least within the continental United States, DefCon is is like one that's really cool to go to like you can you can have your bone to pick with the direction that the conference is going you can have your bone to pick with the crowd or that like you know they don't do spot the fed anymore uh, or like don't officially do it anymore whatever you can you can have your complaints whatever your complaints are you cannot deny the fact that it is a like cultural phenomenon especially within this industry and everybody should go to it at least once just to see what it's about if you're interested in this industry if you're interested in the space if you want to come meet people, there are a few better places to do it than DEF CON in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. We should do an ad hoc spot the Fed. Oh, agreed. I am not we'll like endorse that, sign. but I'll participate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was talking about this like a few days ago. What's the benefit of having all these Fed friends if I can't call them out at DEF CON? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then, uh, again, for the uninitiated, Spot the Fed is a was a much more officially embraced game back in the day where before uh, Snowden, before Snowden. Okay, um, oh. where you were trying to spot the FBI agents, or I guess just federal agents of any sort that were trying to quote unquote infiltrate the conference. Um, but yeah, so we're we're going to be there, and uh, we haven't figured out all the details yet, but. 
we're leaning towards that being kind of our first episode for the next season. So this is our 10th episode of the fourth season. We did it. Yay. And then we have the next season coming up and it would be really cool to kick that off at DEF CON. Um, and so I think we're probably going to bring a bunch of recording equipment. Um, maybe we'll figure out some swag, some shirts or something. People That'd love shirts. And uh, yeah, so uh, kind of trying to solicit like if you want to come talk with us or if you have something you'd like to talk uh, for, like for us to cover or talk about, let us know. Uh, it's just like shoot us a message on Twitter is probably the, the easiest. It's at sec explained. Um, and, you know, we look forward to hanging and, and meeting folks there and, and getting back into the crew, seeing everybody since the first time since the the pandemic that's uh man wild it's gonna be wild it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a good time (laughs) (laughs) oh what is what is y'all's favorite part what what do you what are you most looking forward to uh the secret event i throw the secret (laughs) secret event you throw is is it still secret (laughs) it's like an unofficial secret secret yeah (laughs) Well, it, uh, now it's even less official. <laughs> just because it doesn't mean they get an invite. Come on. That's true. <laughs> it, it's a little thing, but I'm looking forward to just kicking it with the crew at Circle Bar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That is, that is, there's so many things to look forward to. There's so many things to look forward to. I, the, uh, I don't, cause we, we've, we've done it. We've done an episode talking about what you should do at DEF CON before. Um, and so I, I have to kind of agree with Logan here, though. And I do like Drew. The events that I've been <laughs> that I've been unofficially invited to before <laughs> have been pretty great. Um, may have spoken mm-hmm. at one before in a shark costume. Who knows? Uh, can't not sure I remember that correctly. <laughs> and um, but just the just the community and seeing seeing folks. Uh, I don't know which 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 casinos is it at this year. We know it's at the Flamingo Lincoln Harris. Or Amazing, Paris. yeah. Okay, so it's not because Circle Bar is Caesars, right? Yeah, is it not? Yeah, but in... Everyone, everyone still hangs out at. Everybody Caesars. still be there. Like that, yeah, that, okay. that, that's the thing. Is like it's not at Caesars, but like Caesars is where it's at. <laughs> i love that you should be in marketing it's not at caesar's but caesar's is where it's at pizza pizza <laughs> oh, we're uh, off the rails that's uh, okay it's the end of yeah. the fourth season we did it uh but the um you know usually when defcon is at caesar's there's you know on the way to the conference there's one particular bar that like you kind of have to go to from the lobby and Without fail, you'd be like, I'll be going to the village. And then when you're walking by the bar, it's like, oh, shit, there's my friends. And then like five years later, you're like, well, I missed that thing. <laughs> but I'm here <laughs> hanging with the people. So, yeah, I'd say if you if you do go, um, I think Twitter is going to be our main method of communication. And uh, please seek us out. Come chat with us. Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. love to hear what you think. Get some feedback. How can we improve? What else can we do? Um, and if you've never been, come through. It's ah, it's a good time. If you've never it been, we want time. to talk to you too. Yeah. yeah While yeah. you're at and the con. Yep. And we have some spreadsheets we want you to open. <laughs> <laughs> just preview. Just preview. Yeah, just, just previewed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, you know, what? I'm gonna. I think, I think that's it. I was gonna say I wanna, I wanna look up the speakers, um, and see what the actual talks are. But who am I kidding? I'm not gonna get any talks. I don't know if they've announced all the speakers. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. No, I haven't. I haven't got my acceptance or denial email yet. So, I see. Okay. I know I know a few people who have gotten their denial email, so I'm that like, means oh, they yeah. usually do denials first. Yeah. 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 Good I'm, for you. I'm holding I'm holding out. I'm holding out. If you want to see Drew wearing a bunch of makeup, then you should go to his talk if it gets accepted. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Marketing. I'm selling it for you. <laughs> You're selling okay. a talk that hasn't been officially accepted yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But either either it'll be at the official track at DEF CON or the unofficial track at the unofficial not conference associated. With no, your... I won't be talking about it. I won't be talking about it if it doesn't get accepted. Yeah, that's okay. True. Okay, we should probably wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> any, do y'all, any, anything that y'all want to say for our, our beloved listeners at the end of this fourth season? I uh, hope it's been good and hope to see y'all at DEF CON. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know if you're at DEF CON for sure. Hit us up on Twitter if you want to be part of the podcast uh, at DEF CON. And yep. hit us up and let us know what you want us to talk about as well. You know, we have a few people yep. that, that respond and, and hit us up and tell us like, hey, it'd be great if we could talk about that. And we've done that a few times. So we definitely want that input from you all. Yep. Yep. Because there's the stuff that we think is interesting, and then there's the stuff that we think is obvious, and there's the stuff that we think is compelling to talk about, and we could be completely messing that up. So your feedback is greatly appreciated. Um, yeah, and for me, thanks, everybody. Same time. I'm just going to repeat what y'all are saying. Yeah, see you at DEF CON. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Peace. Peace. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Security Explained. If you enjoyed listening, we'd love to hear from you. We're always looking for new topics that our audience finds interesting, and you might be able to pick our next show. Feel free to reach out via social media or give us a rating on your listening platform to let us know how we're doing. You can find us on the web at securityexplained.fm or on Twitter at SecExplained. Thanks again, and until next time, stay safe. Stay safe.